welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. This morning, we're actually kicking off a new series. We finished the series last week on eternity and what happens when we we pass out of this life into the next part of life. And this, this week, we're kicking off a series called Relationship Wrecked. And uh, the whole premise for this, this series is every one of us has relationships. Not just romantic relationships, but relationships with family members, with, with friends. And um, Ursula said it just before, this time of year can be a real difficult time when it comes to relationships particularly when relationships are strained, relationships are broken, relationships are wrecked. And we want to, talk, to, to just create some space to look at uh, how do we navigate relationships well? Again, not just romantic, but how do we navigate being brothers and sisters and children and, and parents and neighbors and co-workers and, and aunties and uncles and, and whatever those relationships are, but how can we navigate them well? And also, how do, we, how do we look at things, what, what, some stuff that happens when relationships start to break down? And the whole purpose is to, to kind of take some of that stress off and help us to live with healthy relationships. The whole of your life is about relationships. You might not realize it all the time, but, but, but the, the whole of your life is about relationships. You're in relationship with, with people every day. And the health of your relationships greatly affects the health of your life. And the opposite is also true. The health of your life will also affect the health of your relationships. So we want to kind of just spend some time looking at how do we navigate things like forgiveness? How do we navigate things like reconciliation? Uh, boundaries? How, how do we navigate uh, some of the things that can break down relationships and bring about uh, Christ's likeness and, and Jesus' heart when it comes to the way we interact with God and with one another. So that's the, the whole thing of this uh, series. And I'm kicking off today by talking about um, one of the biggest re- relationship wrecks. It was probably not a relationship wreck, but it was a big shipwreck that ever took place. There is a boat that was well known for the wrong reason. Hmm. This boat was uh, built a long time ago. That's, I didn't take that photo, but someone else took that photo. But this boat was built a long time ago, and uh, there was a lot of money invested into this boat at the time that it was built. Who, who's ever been on a boat before? So, okay, a ship. Is that a ship? What's the difference between a boat and a ship? The size. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> row, row, row your ship. This is a ship, apparently. I've been corrected. I've been on a boat. I haven't been on a ship before. And I've got some, you know, some memories on boats. I've got some good memories on boats where I've been out on a boat and gone fishing. Yeah, some of the best fish you can catch are when you're out on a boat. I remember one time I caught a fish which was about, <laughs> about this big, probably. That was the one that I caught, the one that got away. That was... I was looking at the stage today, trying to try and gauge it. It's probably, probably the size of the stage. Was its fin? It was a big one that got away. That time, good, good times on boats. 
I've had some bad times on boats. Once I went on a bucks party on a boat and the guy, he, he, all he wanted to do was just go, oh, there was no alcohol on the boat. It was just like cucumber sandwiches and boating. I thought, this is an interesting bucks party. But we went along anyway. There was about 10 of us on this boat. And um, a few minutes into the journey, there was eight of us laying at the bottom of this boat with like seasickness, including the, the groom-to-be. He was vomiting because the, the, the boat was so rocky and the waves were so bad. And um, he spent the whole of his bucks party vomiting. That sounds normal for some people, but this was sea-induced um, I remember that, and I think, man, you should have had another Bucks party, but perhaps that was preparation for marriage. Oh, oh, he's got a great marriage. He's got a great marriage. Um, boats. But this boat here was, was built not for the purpose of sinking, in case you didn't realize. We know that it sunk, but it was never built for the purpose of sinking. And so when we see a boat that was built for the purpose of being on top of the water, we've got to ask what happened when that boat ended up at the bottom of the water. What happened was they missed something. There was an iceberg that they ran into somewhere along the line. They either didn't see it or they weren't prepared for it. And this huge ship, which took years to construct, cost millions and millions of dollars at that point in time i think it was like seven million dollars that they paid for this and this was a long time ago uh, so they equate it to about 200 million dollars to pay for this ship to be built took over three years to be built took about three hours to sink and we asked the question well what happened for this thing that was designed to float on top of the water for it to end on the bottom of the water it's a question that I would ask about relationships as well because if, if we understand the way that we've been designed, God has created us for relationship. We were created by relationship, by a triune God, Father, Son, Spirit, who live intimately in relationship, for relationship first and foremost with Him, but then put into relationship with one another. And I don't think His intention for our relationships were that they would be wrecked or that they would be broken. But stuff has happened, and so now we have what was meant to be sailing on top of the, the water is now, in many cases, sinking, broken. For some of us, there, there, there's wreckage. And so we ask, what, what, what happened? They missed the iceberg. Well, they, they actually didn't miss it. <laughs> they, they, they missed that it was there, and then they hit it. And so this morning, I actually want to talk about some relationship wreckers from Scripture that we see to help us kind of get, get an idea that there are things in our relationships right now that we need to be aware of. And if we can identify them, acknowledge them, and see what God says about them, then potentially we can avoid some of those things. We can move away from some of those things, and we can uh, have healthy relationships. So we're going to read from a passage of Scripture in James. And I brought my ESV Bible, but I Put slides together on the NLT because I'm blessed I got two Bibles. So I'm going to read from the slides. Introduces something to the church. He's talking to a group of Christians. We have to understand this. He's talking to Christians, and he's talking to them about their relationships. And and starting off here in James uh, four verse one, it says, "What is causing the quarrels and the fights among you? 
don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? He poses the question to them. There's obviously some issues happening around them. There's some stuff happening in their relationships where they're breaking down. There's fighting and there's quarrels. And if you look into the, the actual language that he uses there, it, it's quite dramatic, the pictures that he uses. For the fighting is like uh, weaponry. It's like they're actually chopping each other apart. They're, 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 they're tearing one another apart. And he says, what is it that is causing these quarrels and these fights? What a good question. Sometimes we just let it happen. Sometimes things just get out of control and we, we just go with it. But what a, what a good question to ask. What is it that's actually causing these, these quarrels and these fights? And he says, isn't it the, the evil desires that are at war within you? It's the stuff that's going on in your heart that is causing the quarrels and the fighting. I love this. Because it puts, puts responsibility back to me. It, it brings it back to me. He says, it's the, the evil desires within you. It's not some external influence. It's not some, uh, some, someone else. It, it, it's what's happening inside of you. And it may seem like the, this, these Christians, if you read the context of this uh, letter that, that James writes to them, it, it may seem that they, they actually are, are trying to uh, blame someone else for what's taking place. If we can put back from James 1, this is something else that he says to them in James 1 verse 3 to 4, I think it is, Lockie. No. No. It's not there. Let me pull it up on my phone. He says this to them, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive a crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Again, it sounds like they were saying, you know, God is tempting us. He's putting us in positions. He, he, he's tempting us, to, and, and we're just giving in to sin. And James is like, no, 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 don't say that. Don't put the blame on God. Understand that there's stuff going on in your own heart that needs to be dealt with, and you're acting out of what's happening in your heart, and, and, and you're giving into temptation, which is uh, you're, you're taking hold of sin. And when sin is allowed to, to, to have space to grow, it brings death. What is the biggest relationship wrecker? Sin. In any form. There is no form of sin that will build relationships. There is no form of sin that will build healthy relationships. Sin in all of its manifest forms, in any form that it, that, that it manifests or brings itself out, will wreck relationships. It may not look immediately like it does. But as James said, if it's given time to grow, it brings death. 
It won't bring with it life. Sin wrecks relationships. But I love the thing that he says is, is that it's your own desires. It's your own evil. It's what's going on in your heart. Those things that you haven't brought to Christ or those areas that he hasn't worked in yet that are causing these divisions or these breakdowns. Puts it back on, on, on us to say, you know what? You've got to play a part in, in, in reconciling this. You've got to understand that you bring something to the party. You know, you may be wronged by someone. They may be in the wrong. They may have done the wrong thing. But, but what is it that rises up in you? You're responsible for that. You're responsible for your reaction. You're responsible for how you respond to someone when they curse you. And Jesus actually gives instruction. He says, don't, you know, don't repay cursing with cursing. Repay it with blessing. So what, what is, is thrown at you, even though it's not right, don't respond in the same spirit. Respond with the spirit of Christ, which would come in a way of blessing. This is something that, that I've like has stuck with me for, for so long, is the idea of the opposite spirit. When someone comes at me with, with anger, I come at them with love. When someone uh, comes at you with cursing, Jesus says, come at them with blessing. When someone persecutes you, Jesus says, pray for them. Bless them. To come at them with the opposite spirit to which they come at you with. I'll show you why. When, when you move towards someone in the same spirit as they come in, in towards you, if they come with hatred and anger and bitterness towards you, and you come together in the same way, guess what happens? It just explodes. It doesn't help in any way. And Jesus says, you, you because of who you are and the spirit that you carry, you've got to respond in a different way. You've got to come in an opposite spirit because you, you have to realize who you are and the spirit that you carry. It's different to the spirit of this world. So he says to them, isn't this all happening because of what's taking place in your own hearts? And I'll, I want to put that to us this morning that when we, we talk about relationships and we talk about things that, that go wrong in relationships, it's real easy to blame. It's always that person's fault. Have you ever noticed that? Or even when, when you do, you know, we, we talk about relationships, you're like, oh, I wish this person was here to hear this because they really need to hear it. And it's, it. It's easy to just look at, you know, what someone else has done. But this puts it back to us and says, like, there's stuff happening between you. That there's breakdowns in relationships. But, but you know what? Just have, have a look at your heart. Have a look at your heart. Here is the first iceberg to watch out for it's the one of selfishness it's the relationship wrecker of selfishness verse 2 of, of James there lucky if we could he says you want what you don't have so you scheme and kill to get it you're jealous of what others have but you can't get it so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. What's causing these things amongst you? It's the stuff that's happening inside of you. And how is that coming out? It's coming out because you're looking at other people and you want to have it. And so you take it from them. Again, using, don't think they were actually killing each other. But, but the, the way they were treating one another, as Jesus tells us, to have hatred in our hearts is, 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 is like killing someone. The way they were dealing with one another was, was they were so harsh towards each other, and it came back to they didn't get what they wanted. 
Selfishness wrecks relationships. When, when any type of relationship, when I am in that relationship for my own benefit so I can gain from that relationship, I'm in it for the wrong reason. And I'm going to damage that relationship because I, I just need it or I want it to feed the need that I have. And I'm going to draw from it and I'm going to take from it. And as long as I get filled, as long as I feel good, as long as that, that, that relationship makes me feel good, then I'm okay with it. But what about the person or the people or the family that, that are affected by the selfishness of the person? I think of, uh, of you know, addictions. Addictions come back to it. What is it? It's I want that, but I can't have it at times, and so I, I, but, but I've got to have it, an addiction. It comes back to the need to, to, to feel the self, and it becomes all about the self. Sometimes addictions break families up. And the person with the addiction doesn't realize at times or, or is so consumed with, with their own self and what that means for them and how they're being filled and how that, that's helping them that they don't see all the damage that's going on or they just don't care about the damage because they're so consumed with the self. Selfishness will wreck relationships. The Titanic... The movie ended controversially. One person on a board, let's put that up there, one not. I have taken the time to prove that two people could have fit <laughs> on that board. That was, that's obviously not me now. I've put a bit of weight on since that picture. But there is something going on in this picture we see a picture of selfishness and selflessness. He could have fit, come on. They both could have fit, they both could have lived. Selfishness causes me to just, just worry about myself at, at the cost of anyone else, at the cost of any other relationship. But Jesus would have us come in the opposite spirit. What is the opposite spirit? It's to, to, contact, it's to, to hold the place of selflessness where I bring to the relationship, where I bring life into that relationship, where I understand that sometimes the, 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 the relationship is more important than the problem. And I'm there to serve. I'm there to bring uh, the best of myself, to bring the best out of that person. It's about selflessness. When we see selfishness start to manifest or start to be, be a, a, a marker of a relationship, it is a, it is a warning Something has to happen. There's got to be a change in course. Otherwise, you're going to hit the iceberg and it's going to wreck. To come with the spirit of selflessness. Wasn't it Jesus that came? He wasn't selfish in the way that he came. He, he gave his life for us and he instructs us to give our lives for others, to, to live in such a way that, that our lives are benefit to our families, to our communities, to our marriages, to our, our children, to our parents, that that we would be selfless in our relationships. Watch out for the iceberg of selfishness. And you know who, who, who is responsible for that? We've got to watch our own hearts. You can help someone else see that they're acting a certain way. You can bring it to them, but, but you can't change anyone. You don't have the power to change anyone. But you are able to change the stuff that's going on in you. 
You see, we don't, we don't always get a say in what happens to us, but we always have a say in what happens in us. You don't have a say at, at, at every time in what happens to you, but you've always got say in what happens in you and how you allow that to affect you. So watch out for the iceberg of selfishness. Verse 3 then goes on to say, uh, sorry, part of, part, the end part of verse 2, it says, Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are always wrong and you only want what will give you pleasure. Here is the second iceberg that we need to watch out for. It's unhealthy communication. Now, this passage of Scripture, you don't have because you don't ask. And when you do ask, you ask with the wrong intention or the wrong motive. I think has been at times isolated to, to just speak about uh, a principle of prayer, which is you need to ask in prayer. But in the context of the letter, in the context particularly of this passage, uh, James is, is not just speaking about prayer. He's speaking about how we go to God with the desires in our heart. Like these are the things that are causing causing quarrels. It's the, the, the desires inside of you that are at war with one another and they're causing you to, to, to live in this way. But, but you don't even go to God with those things because He is the one who can ultimately meet those desires. He's the one that can fulfill those desires. He's the one that can change some of those desires. But you lack the communication with Him. Take that back. There's a principle in our relationship with God is, is that we, we communicate with Him. But how many of us see this in our relationships? You don't have because you don't ask. I put something on Facebook about uh, to get some ideas on what are some of the biggest relationship wreckers and, and some of the stuff that people sent in. One of the biggest things was uh, uncommunicated or unmet expectations. I, I expect this of you, but I haven't communicated it to you, and then I'm going to get angry at you because you haven't met the, the desire or the, the, the expectation that I have, even though I haven't communicated it to you, and I'm going to blame you for that, and now I'm going to get upset at you because you didn't do what I didn't tell you to do. And it's not just romantic relationships. This is all types of relationships. You think about your boss. You think about uh, some of the expectations that potentially they have for you that haven't been communicated to you but cause frustration and breakdown in relationship. Unhealthy types of communication you don't have because you don't ask. Oh, let's leave that for another week. My brother Garfield is going to have to talk into that one. <laughs> she said, why should you ask in case you missed that? Health, unhealthy communication wrecks relationships. What you say matters. What you don't say matters. How you say what you say matters. How you don't say what you don't say matters. Here, here, here's a personal example for me. Um, well, maybe I won't tell the personal example first. Um, nah. A friend of mine. <laughs> so I got this friend, right? Now, there's, a, there's, a, there's this guy and this, this man and this woman that are having an argument. <laughs> and uh, they both get to the point where they're like, that's it, I'm not talking to you anymore. Silent treatment is coming out. And so they go for like two, three days of, of not talking to each other. And it gets to the, the, this day where this man is like, oh, I need to catch an, 
airplane really early in the morning and I need my wife to wake me up. And so he, he goes, but I've got to get up at five o'clock. And he goes, but I'm not going to break <laughs> the silence. I'm not going to be the one. So he writes it on a note and gives it to, puts it near a bed. It says, wake me up at 5 a.m. The next morning he wakes up at 9 a.m. <laughs> very upset. And he's like, how did she not do that? He looks over on his bed. And there's a, post, there's a little post-it note that says it's 5 a.m., wake up. <laughs> it's not a true story. It's not a true story. But that is my, that's one of my issues. I, I have noticed that there is this pattern within me that I go quiet. I withdraw. When there's conflict, when, there, when there's issues that arise, I shut down. And I've had to deal with that. I've had to look at that and, and not just say, well, that's just who I am. It's just how I deal with stuff. I've had to actually look at my life and look at my upbringing and realize when I was younger, conflict wasn't a good thing. Conflict often, often led to, to aggression. It led to uh, sometimes abuse. And so I'm like, I, I just kind of shut down and try and get out of that. It's something that I have had to look at in my own life. And it's caused issues in my relationships where I have walked away or I've you know, shut down emotionally and not been able to, to talk through something. And so I've had to look at, well, well, how do I work in that? How do I change that behavior and do some soul searching, do some work with Jesus in, in how to heal some of those areas of my heart that are scared? afraid of, of, of conflict or um, difficult conversations. Again, it comes back to, to me and to you and to how we engage with that. Are you prepared to do the work to, to develop healthy com- communication? If you watch a child when they're born, actually don't watch them when they're born. If you see it, <laughs> if you see a child <laughs> that has recently been born, they don't come out talking. They don't come out communicate. <laughs> they don't come out and tell you that they're thirsty or that they're, that they're hungry or that they want to watch uh, Sesame Street. They don't come out and in the first couple of days are able to communicate. They have to learn how to communicate. Guess what? We as even adults, as, as teenagers, as people who are growing, as older people, we still have to learn how to communicate well. It's not a natural thing. And, and the, the context as well, like connecting it to, well, you know, if you want healthy relationships and you want to be able to communicate well, then you just need to spend time in prayer. And just pray. Okay. I know people that pray for hours and they're jerks. They, they don't do relationships well. There, I think there's a difference between spiritual maturity and human or relational maturity. Spiritual maturity, you can be super spiritual. Bureau, you can be really mature in the spirit and still really immature in relationships if you haven't done the work to be able to to foster healthy communication in relationships. It's not just one one and the other. We, we have to be about both. So seeking God, yes. Praying, yes. Reading the scriptures, yes. But also working out our our, our maturity in relationship. And here is the thing. Prayer and spiritual maturity can happen in isolation. Relational maturity doesn't. It happens in community. It happens in relationships. I think it's hilarious that God would do this, that he would say, you got an issue, there's stuff in your heart, and you do too. Let's get you guys together 
and work that stuff out. And I'm like, no. She's like, no. And he's like, yeah. Come on, let's just work through that stuff because it has to be, it has to be matured. There's stuff that has to happen in you and relationship and conflict and communication brings to the surface what God is wanting to do. But we've got to be about that. We've got to be open to that. If, if you find that you struggle in certain areas, talk to someone. Do a course. Read a book. Help yourself. Grow in that area. Be a blessing to someone else. Unhealthy communication destroys relationships. Here's the last thing here, the last little thing here. It gets pretty intense after this in verse 4. He goes, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world and make yourself an enemy of, you make yourself an enemy of God, do you think that the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And I think there's a part in that that's saying you, you carry the spirit of Jesus and you're living like, you, you're living like someone in the world. You're, you're, you're tearing each other apart. You carry the spirit of Jesus in you and God is passionate about his spirit living through you. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate that the spirit he has placed in us we should be faithful to him. And it says he gives grace generally, generously as the scriptures say, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Here is the, here is the, the last iceberg to watch out for. It's the iceberg of pride. What ruins relationships? Pride. Because pride won't apologize. Pride is never wrong. Pride makes the other person apologize. Pride won't come to the party when, it, when, when, it's, when we speak about breakdown in relationship. Pride says that I didn't do anything wrong. Pride says that it's all your fault. Pride won't allow me to apologize. Pride just becomes a barrier. And we see that, that God says that he opposes the proud. I, I had this picture of like a hand and, and, and someone who has pride in their heart trying to walk toward relationship and God just putting the hand there to block it, to say, no, you, you need to deal with that before you move forward in that because that is going to ruin that relationship. Pride in our hearts can break relationships. We're going to show a real quick video of some pride. Again, this is the USS Montana requesting that you immediately divert your course 15 degrees to the north to avoid a collision. Over. Please divert your course 15 degrees to the south to avoid collision. This is Captain Hancock. You will divert your course. Over. Negative, Captain. I'm not moving anything. Change your course. Over. So, this is the USS Montana, the second largest vessel in the North Atlantic Fleet. You will change course 15 degrees north, or I will be forced to take measures to ensure the safety of this ship. Over! This is the lighthouse, mate. It's your call. Hello? Pride would cause us to go as hard as we can, as fast as we can, as, as in the direction that, that is just going to break us. But humility, the spirit of humility in relationships 
can, can save wreckage. You know, pride seems to build on itself as well. It's like when I, when I step my foot down, there's no moving my foot because I get like, no, I'm right. And then it starts to build on itself like, yeah, no, I'm going to take another step because I'm right. Whereas humility understands that that person is valuable, that person is precious, that relationship is valuable, that relationship is precious. And, and says, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to instead humble myself and realize that, that this relationship means something, that this relationship is important, that you as a person are important. And we may have some misunderstanding. We may, we may have some stuff that's going on, but I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to come towards you in love. Humility, when, it is, when relationships are saturated in humility, they are healthy. Humility develops healthy relationships. Pride just creates icebergs and breakdowns and breakages. He says there, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. How many of us need grace in relationship? Some of us. I thought there'd probably be a few more hands, but then that's all right. Take it all. This is the beautiful promise. God gives grace to the humble. He may oppose the proud, but he gives grace to those who will humble themselves under his mighty hand. God gives grace to the humble. Right from the get-go here, we want to spend some time receiving grace for our relationships. I understand that there are, there are people possibly in this room that have broken relationships. There are people in this room that are uh, heading toward that. There are people in this room that, you know, even the thought of Christmas and getting together with, with some of your family members, it's, it's difficult, it's stressful. There's, there's been breakdowns, there's been strains on relationship. But I want you to understand that there is grace available today the grace that might not change the situation but can change you. Grace that can give you strength. Grace that, that can do some work in your heart. And God promises that when we draw near to Him, keeps going in James, when we draw near to Him, He will come close to us. So we're actually going to take our communion this morning. We're going to spend time reflecting in the truth that Jesus humbled Himself think about this. Romans tells us that while we were still enemies, while we were at, at, at odds with, with God, He Himself came. He humbled Himself, took upon the form of a servant, and He came to reconcile relationship, to bring healing to our relationship with our Father. It's only possible through Jesus and His sacrifice. But his example is, I will come to you and I will give you the grace that you need for, for, for that reconciliation. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.